Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report. Wherever you get your podcasts, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in and you can read my work on ESPN.com, of course. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, joining me. I'm going to talk a little bit about a lot of things with the commanders and they're four and nine and there's still four games left, but they're coming off a bye. Bram, how was your bye week? Uh, refreshing. <laughs> I went and gotten some warmth, went down to Florida for a few days, uh, went away with my wife this weekend. We had a little solo time. I don't typically get to do that. I actually, I wish the bye week was a little earlier in general. It's three years in a row. It's been in December. Wish it was I wish longer. it was a little earlier, uh, but it was, re- it was great. It was refreshing. And you know, now I get the, uh, Get the juices flowing again as we get set for the final month. Yeah, it it was nice. To, it would have been nice to have it earlier. I think given the last several weeks, it was good to get away at this time because it was headed in such a negative direction for them. Two yeah. major blowouts in a row that I think it was good for them to get away and to for us just to kind of you know, recharge a little bit because it's going to get really for, I know for the B report, it's going to get really, really busy over the next month, but also then over the next several months, as a lot of things likely are going to change. So, you know, so that's, I guess it's a nice little recharge now, but I will say, Bram, kind of tired of the late season buys. I'm, I'm hoping that the NFL does us all a favor next year and has one in the middle of the season. None of this BS early in the year, not this stuff, middle of the season, they owe that to all of us. Yeah, I hope so. I, I'd like to see them change the buys in general. I think they're too spread out personally, but that's just, that's another discussion for another day. Yeah, exactly. it is. Yeah. And the one, the one nice thing for me, and if, if, if this, if my shirt here or the zip was scratch and sniff, if you guys could smell it, it smelled pretty damn good because I was able to smoke some um, pork loin today and it was really good. And it was raining outside. Didn't matter. You can put it, you can open the garage door. You get the smoker right there. It's blowing out. Good stuff. So it was very, very good. And anyway, another that's that's for a whole well, shoot. They keep losing like this. That may be the whole podcast anyway. But anyway, Bram, so coming off the bye week, I'm just curious where you feel like what you're looking to see over the next few weeks out of this team. And, you know, because I mean, believe you know, they're still they're still in the playoff race, but I think we well, know. So I mean, what are you looking I, to see? I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm just I mean, kidding like, on that. They like are technically still alive, but yes, that's not. I'm they've, not. Uh, they have metrically the worst defense in the NFL, John. I mean, like, you know, like to sit there and think that they're going to like turn it around and make a oh, run to the I, That's not why I, I said that. Talk they that. just haven't been eliminated yet. That's all. No, 
No, no, you know, that, I that think is not um, to suggest that they have a shot at that. No, no, no. You know, I'm still watching Sam here. I mean, this is a full. We need to see a full season of him. You know, like so. Still watching him pretty closely. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little. You know, listen, some of the offensive players and the name players that we have having the numbers that they're posting and saying some of the things that they're saying, like. You know, I think the bye week did come at the right time to just, I think maybe if nothing else, just like everybody get away, you know, for a little bit, because clearly this was really going in a really tough direction. Um, in the NFL, scores like that they've been on the opposite end of three weeks in a row just don't actually happen very often. Right. So the fact that it's happening to them regularly tells you that this whole operation's broken right now. So it doesn't mean it can't be a little bit better. And I would hope after the bye week that it is a little bit better. Um, but you know, I don't have any expectations for many wins, you know, especially with who the last two games are against and what that may mean for both of those teams. And just look how competitive the Rams have been the last few weeks and they're in a, they're really in a playoff race actually to get in. So that, that game suddenly doesn't look like it did a month ago, you know, when it was on the schedule where we thought like, Oh, maybe, you know, they'll catch a break going out to LA that late because they'll be out of it. And we're the ones that are out of it and they're not. Um, defensively, I just really want to see them play better as a whole and individually, just in general. Um, and then this week's going to be a little weird because, you know, John Allen's talking about hundred percent. I've thought about leaving. Um, he's going to get asked about that. You know, like, I think there's going to be, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of conversations the next few weeks about who wants to be here and who doesn't, and that's going to be uncomfortable at best. So I think uh, largely I would just answer it by saying, um, I'd like to see a lot of professionalism from literally everybody across the board and hopefully the games to be more competitive than they've been, because I know that they have it in them. I think that's the frustrating part of this. I don't think they have a roster that's played the way that they've played, especially the last month, but the results are what they are. So I'd like to see them look a little bit more like the talent that they have. What did you make of it? And uh, Nikki and I talked about this on the live stream show last week, but what did you make of Alan's comments? So on some like like on one level I, I don't I hear him you know like it is frustrating you know I I can't imagine your playing career that you're on a team and a lot of things change and there's been a lot of bad headlines and none of it's a part of your control and you just don't win very much and I I get like I get that um, that said in his case um, he's a captain um, I wouldn't say that he's had individually one of his better seasons in fact I think you know I. I I think it's fair to say like this was not his best season and and by far, and it was nothing like last year. Um, And so on some level, he's supposed to be part of the answer for the defense being better than it has been. And it hasn't been. So I think there should be some accountability on the stars end as to why this is happening and not because it is the one thing that didn't change was the majority of the players coming back. Um, and with a couple of notable additions, but the majority of players coming back, the coaching staff coming back with a couple notable subtractions Um I just didn't see this coming that they would be this bad. So I'd actually like to hear from the stars themselves as to why that is the case. Cause it does feel like when you say something like that, that you're not trying to be accountable at all. Um, also that he's a captain. It's disappointing to hear him say it. And here's the other thing. I think that's really hard to hear him say it. Um, he's one of the players that got paid, you know, like he's one of the players that has a large contract. He also is one of the players that with the previous ownership, the current administration and the now current ownership, has a, a line with them. Like they value his opinion. Like they talk to him, you know, like he's part of discussions. He's not a GM or anything like that. And I don't think he's influencing things like that, but they've wanted his opinion specifically about the direction of the franchise. And here he is saying, I'm looking for a lifeboat. Like that's hard to hear, John. Like, like they, they've treated him 
you know, differently than most players because they value him as a leader and a pillar of the organization. And I understand the frustration. We're all frustrated with losing, but to hear him them say he's ready to cut bait, like that, that's really, that's hard to hear. Like, are you with us or not? Like, and I get it. It's frustrating, but are you with us or not? So that's, that's where I kind of landed on it. Yeah. And, and one thing to be clear, I don't know that the Harris group is talking to him during the season. I know that he was one of the guys they met with before the season after they took over. Um, but yeah. certainly I agree with you that his, but opinion, they valued his opinion enough to do good, that. Right. Like, right. But I just want to make like, you're right. right. I just, I just only want for people listening, not to think that these guys are, I don't know that they're talking to these guys throughout the season, but we do know that they value his opinion. They're going to value a lot of guys like Terry McLaurin, their, his opinion, yeah. Um, at some point that that voice will be heard. And so the other thing I would wonder too, and again, Nikki and I talked about this, but I'm curious your opinion. If you're a new coach coming in here, what do you, do you, does that alter your, your, your thought or how does that play with you? If you're a new coach coming in on on him specifically? Yeah. If you hear, I mean, I think any new coaches coming in is going to want to meet with everybody. And um, you know, considering what his salary structure is, and frankly, you know, like contractually, they can move away from him. Like if that's if if he says that's what he wants to do, um, that is achievable. I think pain is different. Pain's contract would hurt them on their cap. So I think it's a different story. And not that I've heard him say anything like this, but to compare the two, Allen's actually a couple years into this extension now um, is movable. He obviously is a very movable player. So whoever the new coach and new GM, you know, I don't want to assume anything, but I think we all know what's happening here. Um, you know, I, I want to talk to him. I, I do think he's a really, really good player. Um, so I, you know, I'd want to know where he is and where he stands. Um, you know, I don't think it's as acrimonious as like when Trent Williams and Ron no, Rivera and Ron Rivera's first year where Ron Rivera was talking to Trent Williams but there, there was a very acrimonious recent past. I know Rivera had nothing to do with it, but I think like that was hard to reconcile. I would like to think that Allen doesn't have this acrimonious thing going on with this organization, that he's just frustrated and wants to go somewhere where he can win. And if it's here, great, if he believes that. So whoever the new coach is, I just want to talk to him. Like, I don't think any decisions will be made. And honestly, it's the third or fourth time this year that he's kind of like said a couple of things that were a little surprising out of him. Like clearly he's been frustrated the whole year. I know this isn't really to me and in, in being around it a lot, he's been frustrated the whole year. I know you talked to him more than I do. So I, 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 I would bet that like, this was the culmination of a very frustrating year for him for whatever reasons he has for it to be frustrating. Correct. To, you know, I think in this situation, if I'm anybody coming in, the way they're building this roster, they wanted to build it inside out, right? So you're going to go, heavy on your tackles. You need to rebuild the interior of your line, your offensive line. Quarterback is important there. Get a stronger, stronger inside or linebacker play safety, et cetera. So you're going to kind of go inside out. That means you want to have those tackles here. So I want to, I'd want to make sure that going forward that, Hey, are you on board or not? And, you know, I think for him, my guess will be that he'll, you know, depending who it is, what their plan is, how you see the vision for the future will determine what he would think um, because I think if you've been here a while, I think what they, what these guys want guys like he and McLaurin, you want hope, hope that it's actually going to finally turn around for you at yeah. some point. And I do think they have the right owner. And it's funny because you watch other stuff around the league, what Carolina is doing. It's like, I don't know. I don't care who's that quarterback for Carolina. I'm not touching that job because the owner is just, is not good. And, you know, um, I think that's where this situation can be beneficial to a new group 
having Harris and then to convincing a player like Allen, like this can be turned around. So, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of at the point though. I, I don't really want to convince him. I want to hear how he feels about it. That's that's fair. Yep. But I've heard, I've heard, um, I, I, I'm not a big, anybody stay here. Uh, and, and I heard there was a great line that Mike Tomlin said once where he said, um, uh, we don't have prisoners here. We have volunteers. And <laughs> I agree with that. Like you either want to be here or you don't. And if you don't, then I think we can accommodate a trade for you because whatever the new regime is, you know, whatever that may be. Um, I, I, I saw what was Josh Harris did a, did a, um, a panel, I think the sports business journal panel right. recently. And one of the things he said was we want people who want to be here. And I couldn't agree with that more. Like, you know, I, I want to call games of a team that's winning a lot too, but I don't want to go anywhere else. Like I like being here, you know, like I, I want to be part of this. I want to see this turn around. Like, you know, I'm, I don't pretend to be a player, but I'm just like, I have proximity to it and have a job within the organization and wish things were a little bit different, but it has not changed my resolve for wanting to see things being different here. I understand his playing career is short. He wants to try to win. If he doesn't feel like it's going to happen here, then he has every right to feel the, like I'll go back to the original part of it. He has every right to feel it however he wants about it. I'm just disappointed it's him. He's from here. He's a captain. He's supposed to be part of the answer. He's paid. Like, it's not like he's asking for a contract and they're not giving it to him. They already gave it to him, you know? So that part, all of that adds up to, I really just want you to be on board with all of this, but I can't make you feel any certain way. So let's see who gets, you know, what, who comes in here, who does talk to him. But I don't feel like I need to beg John Allen to stay. I, I want to talk to him and be like, do you want to be here? And if the answer is yes, then great. Get yeah. back in the locker room and start leading us again. And if the answer is no, we'll move you. That's how I kind of feel about it. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, and I've heard this over the years from guys in, of his stature, they want to stay because they feel like once it turns around, they want to be part of it Yeah, because of what they put in here, but also because I think they know how it would get. And the fear for some guys when they've left over the years is, you know, I, I remember talking to Ryan Kerrigan about this a few years ago. He wanted to stick around because he felt like it was this close to turning around. And after you've been here for a while, you want to be, you want to experience that. And I think Alan is in that same, I, I would it's a safe bet to, for me to say that he's in that same situation where you really don't want to leave. But I also think at the trade deadline, when his name, when the other teams asked about him specifically, I think that kind of, I don't know if it opened his eyes, but it, I think it led him to, to probably wonder for the first time, what would it be like somewhere else? Would it, would he, could he accept going somewhere else? Notice, and, you know, and I would say also like even in thinking about it though, but let me point this part of it out, out of it too. Two of those four of the four first round picks were traded that weekend. Right. And you weren't. So they weren't open to moving you. No, no, they weren't, <laughs> like, they weren't open to doing it because right. they want you to be here. Here we are a month and a half later, and a thousand percent you say you're interested in looking beyond these walls. It's just hard to hear. Like that's all. It's just hard to hear from him specifically. But I like. You know, I want him to feel however he wants to feel. All I, but to get back to the larger point of what about the future? Well, tell me you want to be here, you know, next spring. And, and for me, if I was part of that decision making, I know what kind of player he is and I know what kind of person he is. Great. <laughs> Go put your helmet on, see it practice. Like, you know, like, but if you don't, tell me now because we want people who want to be here, period. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs Holiday Sale is here. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates 
season passes, axe-throwing packages, and more. Our families have enough stuff. This year, give the gift of experience and adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, there is something for everyone. Visited already this year? The courses evolve with the trees around them so each experience has something new to offer. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. This is their biggest sale of the year and purchases never expire. While the sale runs until Christmas Day, the earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The perfect gift for families, coworkers, and friends alike is waiting for you at www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. That's www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. And that's K-E-I-M. How do you think it's gone with Eric Bienmi this year? Um, I think it's gone up and down. You know, I read your piece. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I think these are things that we've talked about a lot. It's not, not like, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, the piece is great that you and Jeremy wrote. I think it's very instructive for everybody who follows the team around the league too, for what's been going on here. Um, I would say this, like, I think he walked into an interesting situation, which to me, I would love to hear from him. If I could ever get a chance to talk to him, why did you want this challenge? Because it is an interesting challenge. You were signing up to work with an inexperienced quarterback, which you may believe in may not at the time, but you did. You signed up for a team that did not have a strength of an offensive line. Um, and you're coming in a year of transition, you know, with new ownership. And so why did you want to do that? And I think like, that was a, that was a big, like what's going on here. Like thing that was for me, that was happening when he did show up to do this. And then it became obvious that like his reputation preceded himself. Things were going to be tough, but there was part of me that off of Scott Turner felt like, I think this team needed it, especially on that side of the ball. Like, I just don't think there was enough literal accountability going on. So I was kind of all for it. Um, clearly it became evident early that like not all the players were going to take to it. We talked about this a lot that like, this was going to be a type of coaching that I think some players are not going to love. And we would try to guess who are the players it's going to be. Um, and not surprisingly, some players have gone and said something about it and didn't like what was going on. And you detailed a number of the things that like, I don't think we're out in the public view outside of what everybody saw in the field is how kind of hard he is on everybody and, and how, you know, detail oriented he was, but like length of meetings, timing of meetings, day of the week of meetings, those were all real major changes were, for everybody. Yeah. And we kind of knew quietly, cause we're not going to like, you know, you know, make some big deal out of it because it's the team's business, however, to run their schedule. And I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I know how to run a football schedule, um, but not everybody liked it. Um, and then, so then it always comes down to, in my opinion, in the end, what are the results? Correct. And, you know, if you're winning a lot, everybody gets with the program. And even if there's parts of it, they don't like, um, and their offense was predictably up and down. Um, you know, I'd like to do a full review of the first half of the season with the amount of sacks that occurred. How much of that really was Sam? How much was that was the scheme? How much was uh, deficiencies on the offensive line? I'd like to know because they're on a they were on a record setting pace. It still may hit it, you know, as we're going along here. Um, and then, you know, I think lately, you know, they, they were scoring more points. That was good. They were more consistently scoring more points. There was a period of time where they were getting a good amount of yardage. 
Um, Sam's passing yardage speaks for itself, albeit they throw the ball more than anybody else. So his numbers should be inflated for sure. Um, but I think also one of the things that, you know, I've been critical of and want answers to is there are periods of time where star players just disappear from the game plan. Um, most recently it's Terry McLaurin. Um, I don't know how it goes multiple weeks where he has no impact on games. And I I don't know how that's a path to success. Personally, there were periods of time where Brian Robinson just didn't seem to be getting the ball nearly enough, you know, like the run game itself seemed to be ignored and his role in it seemed to be ignored. And that didn't make sense for a while. There were weeks where Jahan Dotson just disappeared from the game plan. There were weeks we were asking questions like how is Logan Thomas, the most targeted player on this team? Not that we don't like Logan or think that he's a good player, but, does that make a lot of sense when you have these other players on the team? So I would call it mixed. Like they've been better for sure. Hal's development has been good. One of the big bets that has occurred this year. I, I like what I, I've seen for the bulk of the year. I do think it has slowed down significantly the last couple of weeks, but like the bulk of the year has been good. Um, but, you know, it's been up and down. And when you have guys like McLaurin saying things early, and now recently making snarky comments post game, which is very out of character for him. Um, I think you don't have everybody on the same page and that's his job to get everybody on the same page. And that it's, it's part of the story of the season. I think the defense is the real story of the season, Agreed. but you know, he was going to be under a microscope. How was he going to perform? And in year one, I would just describe it as mixed. Yeah. And I agree with you. The defense is the reason why they're, if if the defense had been better this year, they're probably six and six at this point, or Correct. six and seven at this point, whatever it is. Right. Seven and six, six and seven in that in that ballpark, and they're still alive because Very much so. yeah. And so I don't look at at Bienemians or the and the offense and say, oh, they're the reason for this situation. What what's I think what you can wonder is have where are they at in their development? Because it's been a couple games in a row where you you move the ball against Dallas ten points and then against. Um, the Dolphins, 15 points. Like the protection against better defenses is not there. And so that's that tells you how far they have to go, I think. But also I think the the with McLaurin has not had a big impact game this year. No 100-yard games. It's just shocking to me to think that given yeah. some of the quarterbacks he's played in the past and what they're able to do with that. And he maybe he's, he's a three-time thousand-yard receiver with right. we know the quarterbacking history here, and right. he's may not you know he may I mean if he has a few good games he'll hit it again, but he's right in now he's not, not reaching that with right. what has been the best quarterbacking play he's had in his career. Like and the one very thing telling like one, you know the and the one thing that you would hear from people in the league or even some people here would be that with the enemy, he came here and people are like, people did say he's got to realize he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas city offense. I think there's some people who would say he took him a long time to realize that. And that you had an offensive line that was not a strength as far as they did not pass protect well. And then you're asking him to drop back 40 sometimes a game. And it wasn't yeah. just always because the score it was. So there's a lot of things now that's having said that Bram, like some of that is just, learning as a play caller, Sean McVay, all those guys had to learn as a play caller, how you do everything. And so there's a whole big package with it. And I don't want to put all the blame on the offense at the enemy's feet. Cause that's not, that's not accurate either. There's a oh, lot I think of roster construction is a big part of the story. Had nothing to do with thing. that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, again, like you pointed out, 
you have a quarterback, he came here with one start. You have a line that was not a strength, but then did you, you know, how did that all go? But again, some of that's, some of it is there's, there is a definitely, you know, there's a chafing, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, and just with personality, whatever. And then there's the other side on the field, the pr- productivity. And I think you can put up with a lot if you feel like you're winning and be, if you're winning and you're being productive. So I think there's that, that's a lot of it. But again, the defense, I agree with you, is the story of the season and what they didn't do. And it does make me wonder, Bram, and, and you only have, I'll go a couple more minutes here, but it does make me wonder going forward how much work needs to be done with this defense. And kind of combined with that, you get the better draft pick, how much does it help? Because like they may not win another game this year. And you know, right Maybe, now, but who they, knows? I mean, like, but do you? Does it matter to you? Bears, like, does, like right, start does, to kind of get hot? You know, like who knows? But does that right? does that matter to you in terms of win loss? What do you what do you want to see going forward with that? You know, would you rather have them look good but lose and maintain the draft pick, or the the risk is you look really bad, you get the draft pick, but you also probably have much further to go than people really want to admit. Everybody who listens to this is going to tell me I'm stupid and they think that they should lose, but I, I just don't subscribe to it. Like, I think, you know, winning becomes part of the culture. So you got to learn how to win and winning is good. And so that's how I feel about it. Like, they're not going to get the number one pick. That is clearly not going to happen um, because Carolina is just frankly not going to win enough for that to happen, obviously. Um could they end up with the number two pick? Yeah, they could. I mean, the way things kind of stand right now, that's a possibility. If that were to happen, that's what happens. But I'm not rooting for them to lose. And I don't I don't believe in that. And I don't believe in tanking. And I don't believe you can tell a football team to tank. Right. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not for that. And I wouldn't subscribe to it. Um, if they end up with the number two pick, they're going to end up in a very interesting discussion. Even if they get the number three pick, we're going to be in a very interesting discussion about what to do with it yeah. because obviously there are now three quarterbacks that are worthy of going one, two, three. So that we're going to be at a very interesting spot if that's how it ends up and we'll get there when we get there, but I don't subscribe to tanking. It's just not my thing. Yeah. And I I'm a big believer. And if you lose the rest of these games, again, it reveals a lot more about the roster that maybe was, you know, if, if you're, they've gone eight and nine and they make changes and all that. I say, well, the roster is pretty close. You go four and 13, the roster is kind of far away. And I think that would be the danger to me that that it needs a lot more work than than what you realize. The other part of it too, well, yeah, and the court of the whole who's going to be there, the draft and all that. We'll get into that in the offseason. But it is um I I prefer to win. Because I, I you know, I just think I, it's like I, I you want to like, see if they could <laughs> listen, Bram, if they win a couple, if they win a couple of these next few games, it says more, it says a lot about the players they still have. Yeah. And whether or not they're, you know, whether or not they bring the staff back, right? I mean, we all know where this is headed right now, but it would say a lot about some of the guys that are still here. And if, let's say they have a, let's say Howell has some great games down the stretch and they win. I mean, I think, you know, be a good thing. How many years have you covered this now? 30? 30. 30. Okay. So, <laughs> God bless uh, obviously, like, I've been watching. I've watched I tell people I'm run. Morgan Freeman and Shawshank Redemption. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched every play they've run since I was, you know, a, a child. Um, and I professionally covered them since the 2000 season was the first time. Dan Snyder's first really full year as owner was the first year that I covered them as a beat reporter. And I've been professionally around them for the majority of my career, with an exception of a few years where I went up to Bristol and was away from them. But again, 
got direct TV and watched literally every play and stayed in touch with everybody and knew everything that was going on constantly. I've been constantly in touch with it. I have never been more wrong about what I expected about a season until this year. Never, oh, not even yeah. close. Like I, you could not have convinced me that the defense was going to be the way it was at all. Zero. If you told me they were average, I would have been like, all right, if things don't go very well, they're average. Like, but to tell me that they're going to be the worst scoring defense in the NFL, you could not have convinced me of that, no. which goes back to your previous point, which is how far away is the roster? And I walked into the season going, it's not that far away. If how ends up being good, like they clearly are going to need to upgrade their offensive line, but guess what's on the horizon, whatever draft picks they have and a lot of cap room, like that's something you can go out and try to rectify. I'm shook by the defense now. And I think anybody who's coming in here is going to look at this and go, okay, what do we have? And I can't believe we're saying that. Like, I just, I cannot, cannot believe we're saying that. I thought we had an incredible safety tandem. We had a really, really good defensive line, like top tier, high end defensive line where one of the four was going to go, but probably just one of them. Could we do better at linebacker? Sure. But like, is that going to be an expensive fix? Maybe, maybe not. And now that we have this first round pick corner and this second round pick hybrid corner safety, we might be really good in the secondary too. And none of it played out. None of it. So much so that it makes you question how many changes do you need to make on that side of the ball? And this is, I'm surprised that we're talking about it like that. I just never, ever, ever thought that would be the case this year. I am with you. And I talk about that with Nikki. I, I, I think the one year that was close to me where how big a swing and a miss was 2013 with Robert. But then when you went back and talked to people, there were people who going into the season, some of the coaches who would say that one coach in particular was like told someone that he felt like that was going to be a horrible year. I mean, 2013, because of all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes and all that. And, but at the time, you're not thinking that this one, you know, certainly caught me by surprise just because of the defensive um, where how the plummeting in the in the rankings and the standing in the rankings. But hey, at least at least uh, Montez Sweat got his double digit sacks this year. So there is that <laughs> just with the Bears and the Bears Twitter loves Montez Sweat. So, you know, that's well, I love to do. Hey, he was listen, like, they didn't want to trade. The, he's one of the when you look back on this season, you're going to go. Should we have let him go? Should we have just tagged him for another year? Well, I don't know. And, and the other thing, and we'll get into this at another point, but what I also wonder too is, and I haven't watched him since he's been with the Bears. I just know that Bears Twitter loves Montez Sweat. They love that trade. And your guy, Ryan Poles, maybe he made a good trade for for once. Um, but you know what, what I also wonder too, though, is what it brings up to me is how some of these guys were used here. Was it, not so much of the right way was it, you know what I mean? Like is how much of that goes into it or is it, you know, Montez Sweat was probably doing there what he was doing here. He was having a good year. So it's not this like is, he uh, this is better. what I think he's brings us what back every year to this sport is it's completely unpredictable and you end up going, you think, you know, things you don't know anything. Uh, Correct. It's, it's amazing. Every year is different in its own unique way. This one went South in a way I wouldn't have predicted uh, if I had to guess, they would have been, it would have struggled on offense, <laughs> not on defense, yeah. but no. here we are. Um, and there's going to be a lot of questions. I mean, 
the creativity on both sides of the ball. Correct. How predictable were they? Did they self-scout well enough? You know, like early in the season, it was the Buffalo game where I went, oh my God, this offense needs to self-scout. Go, go, go look back at the film and go watch where these players were standing in their passing lanes waiting for the ball to go there as if they were standing in the commander's huddle. So that was one of those where I went, uh-oh, here we go. And then defensively, when some of the worst offenses in the league, like the Giants and the Patriots and the Seahawks at the time, are going no are going up tempo no huddle on you early in a game it tells you everything you need you need to know about the state of your defense is that schematics is that player personnel is what is it well that's when the autopsy comes and we're going to have to find out i just i didn't realize we were going to have such a deep autopsy this year i i thought it would be very the whole thing felt very simplistic to me Hal's going to develop and they're going to be good and they'll be kind of right there. And if they win the close games, they might be in the playoffs. And if they lose the close games, they'll have the same record they've had the last few years. I did not see worst scoring defense in the league and an offense that is quite, you know, up and down and with, with no semblance of what are they good at? Like, what have they gotten good at? What's the bread and butter? What's the thing that if they, if they need to do it, what can they do? that I know is a certainty for them. And I don't think they can answer that question right now. No, they cannot. And the beauty, Bram, of what we do is I can tell you going into the season why a certain thing, why they will be have a certain record and how it's going to unfold can be completely wrong. I can tell you exactly at the end why it unfolded the way it did. Because it's just, that's the nature of the sport. It's the nature of our jobs. You know, and I'm not a, a prognosticator. I'm not, I can't see into the future. So it is like, it's the beauty of the sport because you don't know. And I think for a lot of fans out here, they kind of like to, to go the other way once in a while where you're thinking they're going to be four and 13 and then they're 12 and five. I think they probably would be happy with that sort of swing and a miss versus this way. And I don't blame them. But anyway, Bram, that's it. We got, we're going to have another four, four more weeks to discuss some of the same stuff going forward, because I think some of these topics are going to be there. The offseason is going to be very, very interesting. I'm actually looking forward to some of the discussions of the offseason, because I think there's some really good ones as far as, you know, depending on where you're drafting, which 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 direction you go, because I think there's several directions you could go and you could justify each one of them. So and then free agency going to be very interesting. But first, four more games this weekend at L.A., Coming off the bye week. Appreciate you joining me as always. And thanks to everybody else for tuning in. I'll be back on Wednesday with former tight end Logan Paulson. We're going to kind of dig into the Shanahan coaching tree, why it's been so effective, what it might mean here, maybe in the future. We'll see. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time.